0: created to be stationary. God gave you the ability to move and communicate for a reason. When Jesus established the church he intended it to be a movement and upon his return to heaven his final words his command his mission could be summed up in one word. Go! this year mightily. You ever enter the end of the year and you start to make new declarations or new plans and you start to say things like, this next year I want to, and you start to fill in the blank. Maybe it's at your office, y'all write it on the wall, or around your family's table y'all talk about your New Year's resolution, but no matter what happens, we kind of all experience the same thing. Plans that we choose to make starting in January that always tend to kind of fail by March, Why is that? That when we make declarations or when we make these plans, they just kind of stop. I can remember as a young guy in a church when I was little going through the RA program, and I've mentioned that before with you guys, Royal Ambassadors, and, and we had these plans. We memorized scripture. We would go on visitation with the adults. We would do all these things, and as children, we were invested in so that as we became adults, we wouldn't forget them. The only problem with that is we've kind of all forgotten them. At some point, we let months go by, and we quit doing what we've always meant to do. Or a plan that we knew that was excellent, we've kind of given up because we got tired. Right now, all of our friends around town that own gyms are so excited. Because in January, that's when they get all the money. Because they realize by halfway through the month or through the year, It's all going to drop off. People are still going to be paying. Maybe you're like me. You pay for a gym membership that you never go to. Like, we keep the doors open, but (laughs) you can tell we're not there. And when you walk in, you feel embarrassed because there's always that one person that stayed going that you saw the first time you were there that now is leaner and badder than when you saw them the last time. And you walk in and you go, oh, that must be nice. You have no other life, right? You clearly stay at the gym. And you see them, and they're sweating, and they're looking more than they did before. And you go to talk to them, and you're like, hey, how's it going? You're looking great. And they're like, where have you been? And you're like, no one asked you. That's, that's not my resolution. My resolution was to join a gym. Next year, it's to go to it at least twice. You need to back off. My resolution is complete. Or maybe it's, I want to eat better this year. So already so far this year, you've had like two meals that have been excellent. You surrounded them by pizza, but those two meals of salad really worked out for you, right? Like, I'm, I'm on your team. I'm not preaching against you. I'm preaching with you. I'm a pastor that loves. Anyways, loves burritos. Anyways, so we, we all have these resolutions. We all have these plans, but they seem to stop at a certain point. And so I want to start something with you this year that hopefully you'll continue through with. Maybe you saw it out in the 40s, and if you didn't, I hope that you'll grab it here in just a minute. It's this card, and we're going to update this throughout the year, but it's this. We're asking you to pray with us every day this year. Not just occasionally, but every day this year. So grab one of these cards. There's a few things that we ask that you pray with us about for your personal walk, for your church, and for your community. We ask that you pray these things with us. You can go find them in the back. Go grab one of these. And on the other side is right now 13 weeks worth of Bible reading starting today. So that means we're going to read all the way into next year. But maybe you already have a Bible plan and you started it. Praise God. I hope you finish it. Like, finish what you started. If you've begun it because you start January 1, keep going. This is for those of y'all that don't have that. Maybe you want some accountability in your Bible reading. This is how you do it. Um, Man, I'm grateful for Scott who got this all put together. 13 weeks, once we finish that, we'll release the 14th through the 26th. See, I did quick math. Anyways, we want you to be with us. Because we believe a couple of things. Number one, if you'll spend this year in special time of prayer every day, we believe it'll change your life. Also, we believe that if you'll spend time in the Word of God, God will talk back to you. That's how it works. You want to hear from God? Go to His Word. He always wants to talk to you. Constantly. And believe me, you're going to find a time, I, I promise you this, this is from Colinthians. I endorse this, that if you will spend time in your Bible this year, and you're praying for something, at some point in this year, God's going to respond through his word. Amen. He always does. He always is ready to talk back to you. So if you'll spend the time, if you'll open your Bible, if you'll spend the time in prayer, I believe God's going to make 2018 the greatest year of your faith ever. You just got to invest the time. So quick card, grab it on your way out. You're going to want to be a part. Uh, Before we get kind of started, here's my uh, Connect card. I've got it filled out for my family to turn in here in a minute. Hope you'll do that as well. I I believe 2018 can be awesome, not because we can manufacture awesomeness. I I think that there's a, a fallacy out there that says that if you and I will just try to do things well, it'll work out for us. That if we just maybe participate in something great, like we'll be rewarded for it. Let me just tell you, life doesn't reward laziness, right? Life rewards those that dig in. And I believe that too far in our Christian lives, we've allowed years to go by where God's wanted to do something in our lives, but we've been too lazy to respond to him. God is always at work, constantly, with or without you. God is going to do what God wants to do. Now, I want to be a part of it. That means this, I've got to shift myself away from being sinful, away from being lazy in my walk, and I've got to move into a new way. So I'm just going to ask you, maybe you've made your New Year's resolutions already. Can I add like a number five into your resolutions or number two, whatever it is, that this year you'll devote your life deeply to Jesus? That for 2018 you would just spend the extra time in prayer and in his word? That maybe this year you would say, you know, I'm going to take another step and I'm going to be faithful to my life group and to my church. Maybe you're going to start going to church regularly because it means something, not so that the pastor sees you and he gives you that, oh, you showed up, congratulations, but so that you can grow and mature in your faith. We believe that God can do that in your life. Don't you believe it? I believe God can do that. So I want to start this year by just talking about something in the past, 1440. This guy, Johannes Gutenberg, he he moves away from his home country and ends up in France. He uh, starts borrowing money from a a rich man. He grew up as a goldsmith, so this man kind of knew his family, and Johannes could do a lot of good things. He was teaching the elite. He was crafting tools. He was an inventor, and people wanted to be around Johannes. And, And so he would go to this rich man and say, can I borrow some money? He kept doing that time and time again, but would never tell anybody what he was doing. But see, Johannes saw something in his world that he didn't like all of the rich people could read. And the reason they could read is they could get books that were, at the time, every book was handwritten. So if you wanted a copy of something, someone had to take out a pen and and a page and they had to hand-write it out. So only the wealthy could have books. And he would go through his town and he would notice all the poor people around there were illiterate. They couldn't get a hold of books. They were just too expensive. And so it burdened his heart. So he spent every day going into this hidden place in town and inventing a tool that he called the printing press he would craft out these letters and and he would dip the front in ink and then he would lay them down on this page and he'd take a piece of paper and lay it on top and move it over the top of the page and it would leave on the other side a whole page of a book and so he started to do something he started to print something that would change the history of man He printed a Bible. Now, I want you to know something. People didn't applaud Johannes for this work. In fact, if anything, it cost him everything. You see, the wealthy man took him to court and took him for all the money he had. Took him for his invention. Took everything he had from this man. But he had this deep-seated passion to change the world. And what he did to change the world cost him everything. You see, we don't live in that kind of state anymore. We believe to change the world, we have to accrue everything. Maybe that was your New Year's resolution. By the end of 2018, I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. I'm going to do all these things. But I believe the pursuit of what man says is great often falls short of what God calls holy. And so we've got to pursue the things that God calls great. I think there's a trade-off that happens. You see, because to get somewhere you've never been before, you have to do something you've never done before. You have to change something. You have to break something over. And i got to tell you, at the end of 2018, here's where I want to be. I want to be a better husband and father. I want to be a better pastor and leader. But all those things on my list fall short to getting closer to God. Because if I will get closer to Him, all those happen. Whatever you have on your list today, believe me, they may be great things. Getting healthy is good. Getting your house in order is great. But none of those things should line up to getting closer to Christ. When we do that, he will line up the rest of that. We'll have a pursuit of the things that he wants us to do. Johannes ended his life without a lot of wealth, without a lot of applause, without a lot of anything. In fact, he wasn't well known. But he is today because he changed everything. His invention brought along the Renaissance. His invention brought on the Industrial Revolution later. Because of what he did in hiding to change the world, he did it. And I believe this, that what you do makes a difference, that what you invest in does make a difference. It may not make a difference tomorrow, but it will one day. So let's invest in the right things. Let's invest in the deep things. Let's invest in spiritual things that make a difference. This year, as a staff, we're focusing on three particular things that I want you to hear. We're focusing on these three things in particular, and I want to explain them once I'm done. Three words. If you want to write them down, I encourage you to. I'll explain them here in a second. Grow, connect, move. Grow, connect, move. And this is what that means to us. Number one, to grow means that you'll be a part of a group of people that will change your faith. We believe That our business at the church at Quail Creek is to grow with you. Not to grow in this room. We believe God's going to do that. But we believe the stronger growth is when you start to connect with people that challenge your faith. That challenge your walk. That challenge your Bible reading. That challenge your prayer life. Because we want you to grow. So we're going to keep working on how do we connect you to more people and more groups where your faith can grow. The next we believe that connection is a huge part of what we do. I, I will say it until the cows come home, and, and frankly, the cows are in Hereford, so they're not far from home. But if you're not a part of a live group at Quell Creek, you're short-sighting your time here. Amen. We love what happens in this sanctuary. Believe me, Grant and I pray over this time. We, we focus on this. We want it to be great. We want you to feel connected. We want your faith to soar when you leave this room. But it is half of what we do on Sunday. We believe what happens in life group is valuable. We believe what happens in that room are men and women who pray diligently all week to work out on a smaller basis how to grow your faith. So we believe in connection. We believe if you walk in this room, you should be searching as soon as you leave it for which life group can I be a part of. And there's a lot of them. Uh, Y'all seen Del Moreland up here. He'll be here at the end of service He is over that work in our church. And I encourage you, if you're not a part of a life group or you'd like to know more about it, find him after service. It is his passion, and I believe that it is one of the strongest things we've got going here at our church. We want you to connect. The last is this, we want you to move. Now, there are so many opportunities to be a part of what God's doing in the life of our city. If statistics are right, by the end of 2020 half of our city will have no connection to church life whatsoever. That should be startling to us because there's a church on every corner in Amarillo, right? I mean, you don't have to drive far to find a church. And yet half of our city will have no church to call home. So I believe that that's a call for us to say something to somebody. Your coworkers, your classmates, person in line with you next to Walmart. Wherever you are, it's worth having a conversation because there's so many people searching for answers for life and can't find where to start. And we believe church is a start. I believe the strongest thing you can do in your life is spend time in the Word and in prayer. I believe God speaks, and I believe He answers. So we believe there's some deepness in that. This is the start. Invite your friends to the start. Um, But here's what we believe in movement. Two things. Number one, That we believe that you can be internal. That means this. Every year our church gives to strategic partners. Places like Hope Welcome Center, Life Challenge, this year City Church. Uh, We're going to find ways to connect you to go. And we want you to be a part. There shouldn't be an excuse of, well, I can't. Well, because you can. Going to these places doesn't require you to lift. doesn't require you to do a lot of anything other than love people. And that's the heartbeat of Jesus. So when we fall in love with Jesus, we'll want to do what he does. So not only our internal partners, but our external work. When we call you to go, when there's an opportunity to serve beyond the walls of the church, when there's an opportunity to serve overseas, when there's an opportunity to serve around our state, we want you to be a part of it. We believe you should be a part of the movement of Christ. So we should grow, that you should connect, and that you should move. We as a staff, we want to help you with these things. If as I made that list, you're like, I don't know if I'm any part of any three of those. Come talk to us. We want to help you in your walk. We want to help you to grow. We want to help you to connect. And we want to help you to move. As we were looking through the start of this year, we we're just kind of drawn to Matthew 28. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, Matthew 28 and verse 16. I want you to hear what Jesus says. You heard it on the video as our focus for the year is to go. We want to be active in our faith. Maybe for the first time in your life you would say, I want to actively be a part of my walk with Christ. I, I want to do something different with him. I want to experience him deeply. I want to worship him fully. We believe that you can do that. I don't think that has anything to do with how often the church doors are open. I believe it's a part of it. But I think that giving you the tools to do so in your private life is just as important. And we want to help you with that. This year, we're going to make it our focus. How can we connect you to more people? How can we connect you more to Christ? Matthew 28, starting at verse 16, it says the 11 disciples, and remember, uh, the 12th disciple has now uh, killed himself for turning Jesus over to the authorities. 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. I, that always is like a stinger moment. Verse 18, then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. I just want to go through this real quick with you all as we start off our first of this year and know that as we go through this month, we're going to go backwards and we're going to really dive in on how can we be a part of what God's doing, not only in his local church, but in his global church to reach the world. Um, We believe that you can be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of it with me. So let's look at it together in Matthew 28, verse 16. It says this, Jesus starts by saying something I think is needed today in verse 18. It says, all authority on heaven has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Believe me, action happens when authority is recognized. Action happens when authority is recognized. When you recognize that Jesus gives authority for us to be a part of what he's doing, we'll be called to action. Um, Have you ever seen a coach coaching a team? And he starts to tell them how to move, not just to play, let's go to basketball. We're in that season right now where if you watch a high school coach coaching basketball, he doesn't just say to the boys, well, just shoot the ball anytime you get it. There's a movement to it. And when they start to see what the coach is trying to build, they realize that things open up if they do it the way the coach has asked them to do. And I believe that when we go to Christ and when we ask him to show us the movements and we start to recognize his authority, we will be actionable because we'll see what happens when he's a part of what's going on. When Christ calls you to move and you do it the way he asked you to do it, he opens up doors you never thought would be open. He gives opportunities you never thought were available. He does things that have never been seen before. You know why? Because he's good. And he desires to change the world. Believe me, you and I will never be world changers. We make can make a difference for just a, a small moment. But when I said Gutenberg's name, half of the congregation didn't even know who he was. He changed the world, right? But his name faded. So will ours. At some point, our names will be engraved upon stones in a grass lot. But what we do for the kingdom of God and for his namesake never fades by a name on a tombstone. His name is eternal and great. He makes a difference. He is the world changer. He uses us to be a part of what he's doing. So when we recognize his authority, we will move to action because we see that things happen when we fall after Jesus. Some of you may say, well, I've never seen the Lord move in my life. That would be like to say... I have never seen a mountain in my life. You know what it takes to see a mountain in Amarillo? Movement. That's what it takes. They're there. Believe me, there's mountains out there. But you gotta move. Like you can go down in the canyon, that's great. But to see a mountain, you gotta move where you are to where it's at. And I believe this with all of my heart. That God is always on the move and if you haven't seen him it's not because he's not doing it it's you haven't moved you stood in the same place and said God if you're going to move show me and he goes move I've heard it said that faith is taking the first step before God gives you the second and I believe we've always asked God for the fifth step before we're ever willing to take the first God I will move for you if you will do the following God is not in negotiations He is not in a negotiating mood with you. He invites you into what He's doing. It's not the other way around. Believe me, God is big enough that He doesn't need us. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. But He includes us if we choose to move. At some point, you've got to go. At some point, you've got to move. Man, I've been overseas to Mexico several times, but a few years back, we had an opportunity to go to India. And I remember I had two little kids at the time. Uh, You know, I talked to April for a while and said, hey, are you cool if I go to India? And she was like, yeah, how long? And I said, two weeks. And for those of you moms out there that have been alone with kids for that long or you've watched kids for that long, you realize two weeks is a long time. And so we prayed about it and believed that God was sending us. And I'd never been on a plane ride like that. Flying from, you know, Dallas to Chicago, from Chicago to Germany, from Germany to India. That was a long flight. Those of y'all that have ever been international, y'all realize what that looks like. During international flights, you get up and walk around. I mean, you do that on a flight from Amarillo to Dallas, you're getting tasered. <laughs> right? So, I mean, it's life changing. But believe me, when I stood in India... We got off the plane. We're surrounded by thousands of people crowded in this airport. And we're walking out, I mean, trying to you know, slither through them, and we're waiting for our, our stuff to get there. And, and it's just crazy because everybody's standing there grabbing their luggage. You're trying to grab your luggage. You have to go through customs. We finally make it out, and we're standing outside, and, and they give us these huge necklaces of fresh flowers that they— evidently just got out of the water so it's they put it on you and it just starts dripping down your shirt and you're like love india this is great and you start to look around and nothing's familiar nothing's in your language nothing looks like home and we drove through the city and we went to bangalore which is full of i think like 1.5 million people in the size of amarillo and so they build houses on top of one another, and, and they sandwich communities together. And, and as we're driving, we're, we're seeing, like, we're in a bus, and the person next to us is on a bicycle with five people on it. And next to him is a cow, which we ought to stop for because it wanted to cross the road. I'm sitting there going, that looks like a hamburger. They're thinking, that looks like a god. So they go, and they, they throw stuff on it and pray to it. And that was weird, and we we go to the home we're going to stay at, and, and we arrive, and they serve us dinner, and it wasn't like mom made. It was weird. It was butter chicken. And I just started to think, I love butter, and I love chicken. Why not? But it didn't taste like butter chicken. Not like mom used to make. Mom doesn't make butter chicken. Anyways, everything was different. And everything was weird. And we showed up the next day and we're around all these Indian pastors. And we get to see them worship Jesus in their language. And all of a sudden, all of the weird became normal. Because these men in this room were worshiping the same Jesus Christ that I worshiped back home. Never would have got to see that unless I went. You're never going to get to be a part of what God's doing unless you're willing to get up and go. You've got to be willing to move beyond ordinary to see the extraordinary that God has waiting for you. I'm telling you, so many times in Christian life, I hear people say things like, but Kyle, I don't get to see God move. I don't get to see God do. I don't get to be a part of blank. And then you ask them the question, well, what have you done in your life? Well, I'm not doing anything. God, I want to experience you. And God goes, let's go. <laughs> Wait, Uh How about you let me do the following? Lest we forget that God called Moses away from normal, Abraham away from normal, David away from normal, the disciples away from normal. I can build a pretty good case that God moves people away from normal so that they can see the extraordinary. What are we willing to do in 2018 to see God move in our lives? I believe the first step is to go. Get ready to experience God do something in your life. Don't you want to see God move? Don't you want to see God do something big? The calling of every believer, every believer is to be actionable. Always. It's the calling of every believer. Christ tells them, go, go move on my behalf. Go see what happens. Go reach a people. He didn't even tell them who, he just says, the nations. It would have been so much easier, right? If Jesus looked at his disciples and said, okay, guys, uh, Peter, you're going to go to this region. Andrew, that way. James, John, y'all go that way. That's not what Jesus does. He tells them, I want y'all to go and reach the nations. These are men that haven't been out of their nation. How can you reach the nations when you're in your own nation? Listen, how can you reach your community if you're not willing to leave your house? How can you reach your office if you're not willing to leave your cubicle? How can you reach your classmates if you're not willing to leave your lunchroom table? We've got to move to see God move. He's already moving. He doesn't need us. He's not waiting on you. Believe me, he's already speaking to your coworker. He's already speaking to your classmate. He's already speaking to that guy on the street corner. He's just waiting to see who will move so they can see what happens next. God is in the movement business. Constantly asking his people to go. Will you experience me? Will you see what I have in store for you? Will you move from the normal to see the extraordinary? It's hard to make disciples when you're not one. It's hard to make disciples when you're not one. Here's what that means. A disciple is a follower. There's somebody that emulates the person in front of them. The best way to explain a disciple is to say this. Follow the leader. When the leader moves, follow his example. Follow him because that's what a disciple does. I saw a discipleship in India, Hare Krishna Temple, right where the Beatles uh, kind of got to do their Hare Krishna stuff. In that same temple on the far end of that wall were probably 20-foot statues made of gold. Every god had a, pos- a posture, and every person that walked up to pray held that same posture. Because they were disciples of that foreign idol. Why is it that Christians don't follow after what Jesus did? Why is it that we as Christians don't do as Jesus did? Is it because he's not good enough to follow? Is he not a good example enough for us to follow after? Is he flawed in some way that that we wouldn't follow him because he had flaws to him? Or is it because we're really not his disciples? Is it just because we love Jesus, we just don't want to follow after him? Because the fall after Jesus isn't an easy road. In fact, he tells people that. Remember, he sees the whole crowd and he says, if you're going to follow me, get ready, grab your cross and, and follow me because that's where we're heading. He says the crowd is disheartened. Why is it that we as Christians don't look like Jesus? Is it because we haven't made enough New Year's resolutions yet? Is it because we haven't grown up enough or we're not old enough to follow Jesus? Lest we forget, he's a 30-year-old time of his ministry so most of us in this room we don't have an excuse for age when it comes to following Jesus at some point we've got to become disciples we've got to start following the things he did to experience the things he experienced you know why Jesus is readily waiting for you he wants you to experience all he is but you can't do it acting like the world the world and the ways of Jesus are incompatible They don't go hand in hand. They're at enemies with one another, scripture says. So in our pursuit of happiness, how we lost our pursuit of Jesus. Are we disciples of Uncle Sam or of Jesus Christ? That's what 2018 is gonna tell us by the end of this year. Because at the end of this year, we'll have to identify where we are today versus where we are at the end of it. And I believe the difference is how much time you've spent with Jesus. It's not how many times you, you know, did the right thing or answered the right question or raised your hand at the right time. It's how much time have you spent with him. So do me a practice today. At the end of your uh, your worship experience, God, is a blank. And today I want you to do a practice. Maybe you have a journal. If you don't, I want you to do it here. I want you to write in there. Here are Four or five key things that I want to live my life differently in with Christ for 2018. Read my Bible more. Spend more time in prayer. And then I just want you to set it aside. And I want you to work. I want you to go. I want you to pursue Jesus deeply this year. And then go back to it at the end of the year. And see what the Lord has done. Uh, I tell them, the guys on staff all the time, I believe in journaling. Um, I believe in it because it 's always good to go back and see what God has done, and Dell and I were talking about it because it 's a practice we have that we, we went and looked back and saw what God has done uh, since I started journaling, and it 's amazing where God has moved, not only in my life but in my friends' lives, and where God has just continues to speak that if i didn't have that written down, I would have forgotten about because it's prayers I prayed. It's times of intense prayer that I pray before God and just say, God, would you do this? God, we need you here. God, my friend is brokenhearted about. God, would you watch over so-and-so as they? And I can go back now and go, yep. He said yes. He said yes. He said no. He said yes. He said yes. And allows me to come into the sanctuary, and y'all aren't in here, and to praise him. And to thank him for all the times he's reminded me that he hears me, even if the answer was no. It's amazing what happens when we spend the time to remind ourselves of what God has done. It's what a new year does, right? A new year allows us to be retrospective and see what has happened behind us and to pray for what's ahead of us. And right now is the time to look back for just a minute. What has God done? Where has He moved? Let's thank him for that. Where do we ask that God would take us? Let's pray for it and let's be anticipating that he believes that he is good and he wants to be good on your behalf as well. But you gotta move. It would be like standing underneath a water hose, wide open, and saying, God, I want to be dry. And God just say, why don't you take a step forward? Well, God, no, I want you to dry up the lake first. And he's like, I can do that. Let me ask you, would you be willing to move if I said yes? Nope, I wouldn't. Then enjoy the water hose. Like, God, I want to be out of this sin, and it's something I just keep going back to. Okay, I want you out of that sin, Kyle. (laughs) But in order to do that, you can't be going back to that broken well and getting from it. You're going to have to take a step away. Will you take a step away? I can help you with the next steps. But take a step away. No, God, I I want you to delete the well completely. I I can. But I need you to get your hand out of it. Get your hand out of the well. 2018 can be the greatest spiritual year of our lives. And it should. And it can. But you're going to have to move. And let me give you the last reason why I believe God wants you to move. Because people matter to God. They matter. They're made in His image. Each one is valuable. And where there's a person, there's an opportunity. Where there's a person, there's an opportunity. Here's why. Every person has an opportunity to see His greatness. What if you're the person in movement that gets to introduce them to Jesus? You don't do the saving. You don't get the lordship. But you can sure set up the date. Every person has an opportunity. You're an opportunity today. You have opportunity today to be changed by God forever. What a better way to start this year than to give Jesus your life. Just to give him your everything. To take all of the brokenness you have, all of the awards that you have, all of the past, all of your future, everything. And put it in a box and hand it all over to God and say, the sin that's in this box, God, is bad. It's terrible, it's, it's, it's bad. And God, I, I put good stuff in there, so uh, I know you're going to want this because I got all this good and God's going to go, it's not about what you put in the box. It's about the fact that I can take it all and I can lead you from here on out. So it doesn't matter how great you came in the room or how broken you came this morning, we all need Jesus exactly the same. Doesn't matter how many times you've been applauded for how good you've been or how bad you've been and how many times you've been in the paper. We all need Jesus the same. We all come in at the same exact point. Jesus dies for the sins of the world, and he died for you and I so that you and I could have a way to the Father, and it's only through him. Today, let's start our year giving Jesus our all. All to Jesus we surrender today. All to him we freely give. Surrender to him. Give him your everything. And let's let 2018 be the greatest year in our faith journey that it's ever been. It takes a step. And now it's your turn to take that step. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I pray, Lord, that you would encourage us to go. Go take that leap of faith to follow you. Go. Go take that step towards serving you deeply. Go take that step towards finally spending the time with you that we need to in prayer and in your word. Just that first step, God. Encourage us with the first step, God. You can lead all the rest of them. God, we need your help for that first step. So, Lord, would you lead us today? Lord, would you guide us? Would you protect us? Lord, would you just break us, God, so that we would start to see that we're an opportunity to serve you every day? And our friends are out there, Lord, searching, Lord, asking, how can we know that there's peace? How can we know that there's a way? How can we know hope? How can we know love? And they're searching to try and find it in any way they can. But God, you're the way. So Lord, help us to go. Lord, we don't have to have the answers. We don't have to have the plan. You don't even have to tell us who to look for. You're going to make all of that happen if we'll just be obedient to your calling. Lord, help us to go. Help us to be active. God, help us to look for you in all we do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? I want to encourage you with a couple of things. Number one, maybe today you need to give your life to Christ. You want to start your 2018 off by giving him your everything. Maybe you say, believe me, I want to do that, but there's no way I can walk up front. Listen, we understand. We understand that it's scary sometimes. But we ask that if you will come, come talk to us. But if not, would you put it on that card for us this morning? Tell us, I wanted to invite Jesus into my heart. I will call you this week. I'd love to talk to you about what it means to fall after Jesus. Because I believe it's the greatest first step to any year is to give Jesus your life. I want to invite you this morning to do something deep. As we have this time of invitation, we always ask people to come to the altar and pray. But I'm going to ask you to really do that today. That we would start our year with giving Jesus our everything. So I'm going to ask you today, if you would come and pray at the altar, if you'd bring your family with you, if you'd come and kneel, and you would give God your everything to start this year. Would you do that this morning? Would you come and let's fill this place Let's bow before the Lord. Let's ask him to lead us and guide us this year. Let's give him 2018 at the start and just say, it's your year, Lord. It's your year in my life. It's your year in your church. It's your year, period. God, would you move? Help me to go. You ready? Are you ready for 2018? Are you ready to go? Let's start it right now, this morning. As we sing, you come this morning.